Hey, Lauren. Hi, Autumn. So I heard you watched a bad movie recently. I did. I watched a movie called Before the Fall, and it's about a modern retelling of Pride and Prejudice set in rural Virginia. Some beautiful scenes, um, lots of quirky characters get up to the, you know, the usual shenanigans that you would expect from Pride and Prejudice. Okay, but is it gay? Uh, yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. It's gay. It's class swapped. It's gender flipped. Why didn't they just make it lesbians? Yeah. They really should have. There's like no women in this movie. It's fine. Yeah. Jane is there. I mean, kind of. Kind of. <laughs> the first rule of any Pride and Prejudice adaptation is that Jane must be there and she must be a delight. She was a delight. One of the only characters that had any, like, emotion to her. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before we get into the <laughs> nitty-gritty, hi, welcome to Okay, But Is It Gay? It's a podcast about gay movies you probably haven't heard of. This one, once again, no Wikipedia page. This is this director's <laughs> only feature-length film. The other act, the actors in it haven't been in a whole bunch. Uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Uh, yeah, we're, we're talking about Before the Fall 2016, directed by Byram Geisler. Geisler? Geisler. Sorry, Byram. He looks a little bit like, um, who is the man who plays? He looks a little bit like a young Tom Gibson <laughs> in his single photo that's on IMDb. Wait, now I have to see what this man looks like. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta we gotta look that up. Okay. There is a, a great breadth of variety of men in this movie, uh, ranging from a very attractive young Mr. Darcy to brick headed George Wickham. He's just a man with a brick for a head. <laughs> yeah, he's he really was very unattractive. It's unfortunate because his only personality trait is supposed to be that he's hot. Yeah. yeah. You it's have fine. to okay. Second rule of any good Pride and Prejudice adaptation: Darcy must be hot. Third <laughs> rule, sort of nestled underneath that, George Wickham has to be hot. These are two men with, at least at the beginning, Darcy has a bad personality. He doesn't know how to talk to people. George Wickham, terrible trash human. We have <laughs> to believe that Lydia and Lizzie will give them the time of day because of their rugged good looks. Yeah. I feel like no one read the book. I'm just yeah. going to say now. No one read yeah. the book. It's fine. Uh, real quick, here's a list of trigger warnings, and oh boy, does it escalate. We got <laughs> domestic violence, poor treatment of domestic violence victims, misogyny, 
homophobia, internalized homophobia, self-destructive behavior, gaslighting, homophobic slurs. This movie is really weird about mental illness. The invasion of privacy, uh, stealing people's journals and or private things and or mail. Uh, am I missing anything? <laughs> Alcoholism? Alcoholism and addiction. Big. That's probably and it's not it. smart about it. <laughs> no. If we mention anything else, editing how will save us. I love that guy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Lauren's here. Lauren Adam's good friend Lauren. I hear you like Pride and Prejudice and Jane Austen. <laughs> I do. Yes. <laughs> do you want to talk about your love of Jane Austen? Um, they're just fun books to read. I feel like she really uh portrays a good female character and I really love a period drama so you know that's got that going for it okay sounds like this movie uh didn't meet any of your criteria um I did enjoy picking apart the inaccuracies uh based on the original Pride and Prejudice storyline so that was fun uh overall it was a pretty interesting watch I would say um is it true to pride and prejudice i would say no no lauren is being kind this is a terrible movie (laughs) this okay first of all it's a bad movie second of all all of the changes that it makes to pride and prejudice none of them serve a purpose except the gay thing except to confuse the audience yeah this might as well not be a pride and prejudice adaptation like if you we didn't notice we didn't notice the first time that we watched this we had absolutely no idea. No. It makes more sense if you disconnect it from Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, then it's just a bad movie with some annoying characters and people make choices. <laughs> they and do, it's so weird about domestic violence. We are going to talk about domestic violence, addiction, and gaslighting a lot in this episode. If it's also really those... weird about homophobia. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I, uh, it's fine. And if any of those things are going to be uncomfortable for you, you got to skip this one. There's no way to tiptoe around it. We're going to talk about an act of domestic violence that was faked. I'm just going to say it. Like, it didn't actually happen. And everyone was acting like it happened and treating the people involved very poorly. (sighs) Yeah, that describes the whole movie pretty well, I'd say. Yeah. Let's each say a thing that we like about this movie. And then we'll get Do we have out. to? Yeah, sure. I like, for instance, that all of the dinners and parties in the original P&P are replaced with hikes and nature walks. Okay, I didn't notice that. Um, I really like that because I also loved the beautiful scenery um, and the outdoor shots. That was my favorite part. Mm-hmm. I loved when it ended. And that's it, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the actor they got for Darcy is drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah, they got real good eyes. <laughs> yeah. They did uh, one thing right with casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that's it. <laughs> this movie has a lot of trees in it. We open on. Ben, Ben Bennett. His name is Benjamin Bennett, everybody. It's not even that he has, like, a cumbersome first name and uh, everyone calls him Ben, which is technically short for Bennett. His name is Benjamin Bennett. Why? Who? What? 
That sounds can... like the name for a children's animated show. Yeah. The conceit of this movie is that it's Pride and Prejudice, but gay and also class swapped. So the Bennets are rich and society people. And the Darcy's and the Bingley's are not. Darcy is working class. Bingley is involved in a lot of like nonprofits and charity work. And so he doesn't have a big network, net worth, even though he's like got a steady job and you know cares about people. That's the conceit of this film. And then the inciting incident is, we will get to it. <laughs> Woo! Um, but we open on Ben Bennett looking forlornly at Darcy as he walks away in the middle of a beautiful autumnal scene. One of those sceneries that Lauren likes so much. <laughs> we zoom in on his micro expressions and then we cut to Ben Bennett waking up in his fancy house. And then we get him getting ready for the day juxtaposed against Darcy working as a welder in a machine shop. And this is six months earlier. Yes. Uh, I've written here in my notes, Darcy is very handsome and Ben Bennett. And then I just didn't finish that thought. (laughs) And Ben Bennett uh, doesn't deserve his uh, level of beauty. Yeah. (laughs) He's a little bit of a potato man. (laughs) Yeah. He's He's just kind of a guy. Yeah. So I can just properly Potatoes are great, but they are potatoes. (laughs) Oh my god, no no one has pictures. Wait, why is... IMDB has no pictures for either of these men. And, um, what? Yeah, this is the biggest movie. What is his name? Colin something, Connor something. Chase Connor is the guy who plays, (laughs) uh... Who plays Darcy. And his other big role is Two-Headed Shark Attack. Nice. (laughs) That's sad. That's tragic. <laughs> the Sonic Damn. Project, where he is credited as director? Is he a character who's a director, or did he direct a movie? If he directed this, then we should watch it. <laughs> <laughs> should we, though? This is an adaptation of Shakespeare's sonnets? I love that. Excuse me? So he just does adaptations. <laughs> Maybe. I mean, same. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Oh, I want to uh, point out that, yeah. like, the first real scene we get of Ben Bennett, um, I'm pretty sure Lauren, when we watched this together, pointed it out to me. All of his shirts in the drawer, like, were tied with oh, a bow. Yeah. Like, they never, like, he bought them at a store and they were displayed yeah. like that, and he never untied them and washed them before he wore them. That's it was weird. Rich. <laughs> or like, what? Yeah, it just, it was really annoying, and I want to mention that. Yeah, and what dry cleaner? I mean, yeah, they launder your shirts and might fold them up. I think they would probably hang them, but then like also would tie a ribbon around them? I don't see that happening. Mm-hmm. Very weird. The first real scene we get of Darcy after the montage is him buying an eight-pack of beer, and the lady at the shop and go judges him because he's an alcoholic. Lady, do your job. <laughs> Listen, okay, I do want to say um, when you're working at like a, a store like this, okay, you get no drama ever in your life and you take the entertainment you can get. And if oh, that I entertainment see. is gossiping about your regulars, then it happens. Yeah. 
Okay. I'm just very protective of Lee Darcy in this. Also, his oh, name yeah, isn't Fitzwilliam. Like, his name isn't Fitzwilliam because this movie's a coward. <laughs> oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that because yeah, they only ever real. call him Darcy. Yeah. I they forgot he had him. a different name. <laughs> I feel like most modern adaptations make him William. Mm. That would make a lot more yeah. sense. This movie's stupid. Yeah. Then he makes homosexual eye contact with, like, he, this is an attractive man that he sees in the parking lot, but this causes him to violently flashback to his father leaving him alone in a car with the windows down in the winter to go hook up with a guy, presumably at this same gas station. Sir, move out of this town if you can, like, at your earliest convenience. <laughs> More importantly, why are you hooking up at gas stations? I'm just <laughs> saying. Gotta get it where you can get it. No, God, anyone <laughs> can just show up there, <laughs> please. So this is the this is this short sequence is how we know that is how we know that Darcy has a lot of internalized homophobia and that he connects his own gay feelings with his dad doing this and neglecting him as a child and therefore has become an alcoholic in order to stave off the gay the gay thoughts that's darcy's whole deal we all know alcohol is the perfect cure for homosexuality (laughs) listen (laughs) addiction is complicated he like he literally his like trauma response to remembering this thing and making homosexual eye contact is to take a, a swig of beer and then drive home. In a yeah. better movie, this is more nuanced and explored. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I really was looking forward to like fleshing out his backstory, but then really after that, I don't remember if they ever we never return yeah, to his that past idea ever again. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Uh, then Kitty and Martha are here. I have them as Kitty and Martha in my notes. They have names. Uh, they have masculine names. They are gender-flipped Kitty and Martha. This movie is a Pride and Prejudice adaptation for people who don't like Pride and Prejudice. <laughs> I called them the twins in my notes, even though they're not related. <laughs> are they not related? No. No. Because Lauren and I, when we watch, I yeah. rewatched it with Lauren, and we go into this and we're talking, referring to them as like being siblings because mm-hmm. they look the same. They're always in every scene together and they act the same and you just mm-hmm. assume. But at one point we do get their last names and mm-hmm. they're different. But their whole deal is that they're lonely and unlucky in love. If you I know. know that you're lonely and unlucky in love with that often, just make out with each other. That's what, what we I said. <laughs> like, what it are you only doing? There's someone right there. Related and can't do that. Yeah. What? I mean, I don't know. Maybe, like, they consider each other basically brothers. Maybe it's, like, Maybe. that close of a bond and you just, like, can't cross that line yeah, with that your bros. Sense, yeah, that makes sense. But the movie doesn't tell us that. They get no character growth or, no, like, they, they're not fleshed out at all, so, yeah. They only exist to annoy two people. Me and the Ben Bennett. <laughs> what? And me. Wait a minute. <laughs> They're not they even exist. funny. They're supposed to be comic no. relief. Yeah. Don't be mean to Kitty and Martha. They did nothing wrong. These two are the worst. Yeah. Yeah, all they do is just, like, remind everyone that they're lonely all the time. Mm-hmm. 
And, like, I don't need to be reminded of that in every scene, actually. (laughs) Uh, They're talking with Ben about this fundraiser that the Bennets are going to throw for a charity called The Nature Foundation. (laughs) That is a first draft name, if ever I heard one. That's a great name. We know exactly what's happening. (laughs) Ben is on the board. They know the president and founder. Uh, They're going to go to this party. And Kitty and Martha want to be invited to the party so they can flirt with boys. Oh, yeah. They're they're convinced that um, this new person is gay because he's 35 (laughs) and never been married. I wrote that down because I was really annoyed by that line for some reason. And they're talking about Chuck Bingley, everybody. They named (laughs) Um, him Chuck. (laughs) Why? Just go with Charles. He's really not a Chuck. Yeah. He doesn't look like a Chuck. He doesn't act like a Chuck. It's awkward. Also. If you're going to do Pride and Prejudice but gay and make Lizzie and Darcy men, which why should why would you do that? These are stories about women. All Jane yeah. Austen stories are stories about women. But yeah. if you're going to do that, why not make the beta couple lesbians? Why isn't she Charlie short for Charlotte? I don't oh, understand. Good one. Yeah. Well, you know, been much more this, interesting this movie hates Jane Austen and also all women. True that. Yes. So can't do that yes uh darcy is like working on a lawnmower or something just minding his business and his neighbor comes up to him to try to confront him about his drinking problem that's not how you do that (laughs) oh my god yeah she was so annoying she's in like two scenes and she's so annoying in both of them (laughs) yeah she's also the villain okay no no no. um she's the the bad guy the girlfriend is the villain Mm. But Tina enables her. Like, yeah, but she does, she tries to do the right thing and she's not able to. Yeah. I forgive her. Okay. We, we don't forgive Catherine DeBerg, who no. here is Darcy's girlfriend. Uh, why? Yeah, that feels gross. Yeah. Bad. Not good. <laughs> Read the book a second time, everybody. <laughs> so she comes home and Darcy has been drinking because he's an alcoholic and she goes about confronting him about this in exactly the wrong way. He's annoyed he's... that she's been telling Tina their business. What were you going to say, Autumn? I would also be annoyed if uh, she was telling Tina that... Yeah. I was just going to say that he was just like sitting on the couch mm-hmm. minding his own business when she mm-hmm. walks in and starts screaming at him. Yeah, she comes in. She's got groceries. She's like trying to talk to him about the groceries. And I guess he isn't responding to her about the groceries fast <laughs> enough. And she just starts screaming at him. Well, I mean, I kind of get where she's coming from. If your live-in boyfriend is like a drunk and you're always picking up the groceries. Leave him. Leave him. Yeah, yeah. She Get should have there. left him. Yeah. And throughout this entire movie, I never understood why she stayed because she yeah. clearly hates him. Yeah. yeah. She there is absolutely... no affection. And it's not... Okay, let's make one thing really clear, really clear here. This is a movie about domestic violence and Darcy is an alcoholic. He is not abusive toward her. He simply isn't. She can leave. She can leave. Yeah. He's so in. He's literally indifferent to her. Yeah. And then she just hates him. Yeah. Get out of there, girl. There's other men. Yeah. I. I don't. I don't understand. 
It's fine. She lists off a bunch of the stuff that he's traumatized by, including his dad leaving and his mom never being there for him. And, like, he lost his job. And, like, he's got this new job now and it sucks and blah, blah, blah. And he, like, surges up from the couch and sort of grabs her shoulders to try to stop her from screaming at him. And Tina, who is spying on them, calls the police. (laughs) Darcy gets arrested and Tina lies to the police and says that Darcy threatened to kill Kathy. She's not Catherine, she's Kathy. Like, she fell and hit her head. And the camera does not show Darcy shove her or hit her. But Tina comes to the conclusion that because Tina, like, stumbled, not Tina, Kathy stumbled backwards and hit her head on the wall, then Darcy must be abusive and must have threatened her. And that is what she tells the police. That scene looked so awkward because Kathy's, well, he only stands up, first of all, because she accuses him of being gay. Yes. So we can be reminded, like, it's been less than five minutes since the last scene, but we got to be reminded that he's homophobic. And then she, like... (laughs) pushes against him he doesn't yeah. move she just kind of pushes against him and somehow falls mm-hmm. yeah it looked fake it looked like she fell on purpose mm-hmm. Which i don't know if she a did bad but... look movie it's a bad look hey, like Phil? if the movie wants me to think he actually pushed her why are you showing her falling on purpose yeah or if, even if the movie wants it to be ambiguous why not just put the camera in Tina's apartment and focus on her and then we just have her word to go on instead of seeing with our human eyes that it didn't happen (laughs) yeah and And later we could have got a flashback or something I thought that was the point though of like we know that he's innocent he just got the short end of the stick maybe I guess I don't know this movie doesn't do it well though yeah Yeah. it's fine uh, then we get uh, our meet cute with Ben and Darcy. Ben Bennett is a lawyer. He's in court waiting on his own like trial appointment, and the trial before him is George Wickham defending Darcy against the domestic abuse charge. Mr. Collins is there also. I like Mr. Collins in this. He seems he seems fine. I don't even remember uh, yeah. his character. I'm going to be honest with you. He's the attorney. <laughs> He's the attorney general. Oh. Oh my god. Wait, I had no I, idea that's who he was. I did not make that connection. <laughs> wow, yeah, okay. He's rip. I believe All right. it might not be. Who knows? Maybe I made that up. No, I believe you. We just, I don't know. He's not like important enough, I feel like, for that to make an impression on the audience. Yeah, also Charlotte Lucas isn't in this, and so most of Mr. Collins's purpose in the story just isn't there, except right. that he hates George Wickham. I'm okay with getting rid of that character. That's that's a nice <laughs> choice. We didn't need him. Uh, okay, here's the thing about lawyers. <laughs> You're not supposed to talk shit about any cases or any like defendants or plaintiffs while you're in the courtroom. That is what those little side rooms are for. That's what your office is for. That's what the dang bathroom's for. And so uh, Ben Bennett is being very unprofessional when he says some drunk beat up his girlfriend and Darcy overhears him. Also, this scene goes in and out of focus randomly. (laughs) Yeah, a lot. This movie doesn't 
know the Pride and Prejudice story, and it also doesn't know anything about lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes it really awkward that lawyers and, like, courtroom cases make up so much of the conflict. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they make homosexual eye contact in the scene ends. Darcy, <laughs> Darcy and Ben do. Uh, <laughs> immediate cut to Darcy in a church. He looks sad. He looks at a piece of paper. We don't know what the piece of paper has on it. He looks up at a cross and then the scene ends. <laughs> and I don't... Vibes only. Later, he's in AA, and AA is a Christian-centric organization. Maybe this is him going to his first AA meeting, but we don't see the little circle of chairs. Where's the little circle of chair? He's just going there to vibe. Also, this Puritan-ass church, what? I guess it is in Virginia, but, like, there's nothing on these walls. I don't remember any details about the church. That's because there weren't any. Ah. Uh. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> then we get the party that the Bennets are throwing for the Nature Foundation. <laughs> oh, we also get that Darcy, it, a, a, an amount of time has passed also. like <laughs> It's very court, unclear. Yes, yeah. the courtroom scene happens and then an amount of time must pass because Darcy is fine now. He's like in recovery, in court order recovery. And so the trial must have happened. So then, but not too much time because they were planning this. Bennett remembers also because Bennett like remembers later seeing Darcy there. Mm -hmm. So it couldn't have been long enough that he would forget that. Yeah, Darcy volunteers with Bingley. They like are doing Meals on Wheels. Darcy's better at it than than Bingley is. (laughs) Oh my god, that scene was really awkwardly shot. Mm-hmm. I hated that scene so much. <laughs> They're like knocking on this woman's door, and she doesn't hear the knock at first. And Bing is like, "Okay, I guess we're gonna leave." And, Bing, and Darcy has to be like, "No, just knock a little harder. Jeez, make a human connection with this woman you're dropping food off for." Then at the party, Ben and Jane talk about uh, Chuck Bingley because Kitty and Martha have convinced Jane that he's gay. But she's already crushing on him. I guess you've seen pictures. He's cute. He's alright. Uh, he cares yeah, about he's nature. Cute. Yeah. They're not related in this. Yeah. Why? That was right. also a thing that was really confusing at first. It yeah. it makes more sense for them to be related because yeah. like it's never explained how they know each other. Is no. it explained how they know each other? I thought just they, from childhood. Yeah, they like met in kindergarten and have been friends. Okay. I guess. Just be siblings. Yeah. It, that They're only not related so that we can have the two-second useless conflict of Chuck not wanting to go after Jane because he thinks that Jane and Bennett are together. Right. That was so... St- he wasn't even angsty about it. Make it angsty yeah. if you're going to do that. Yeah, he was just, like, being very respectful of their presumed relationship. <laughs> yeah. Which, I guess, demonstrates something about Bingley, but also, why? Why? <laughs> we didn't need it. Chuck has brought Darcy to this charity event as his plus one. They seem to be very good friends. This is also something that a, a good Pride and Prejudice adaptation needs, uh, needs to have, is Darcy and Bingley need to be bros. 
and it needs to be a little bit inexplicable because Bingley is like a giant golden retriever and Darcy is Darcy. Yeah, does the movie explain their relationship? Like how they know each other? I think they met volunteering for Meals on Wheels. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't realize that either. That was very unclear to me. (laughs) I would have liked that more explicitly said since, as you just said, I mean... Bingley's Darcy's only friend. Like, this is a very important connection for him. The only person in this movie who, like, cares about him unconditionally. Yeah. Yeah. They get to the door. Jane answers it. Jane and Bingley have a very cute moment. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, hi, you must be Chuck. And he's like, hi, I'm Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) Yep, that's how it is. Remarkably, this movie gets the Jane Bingley thing way more than it does the Lizzie Darcy thing. Yeah, this was the only relationship that seemed similar to how you would expect it from a Pride and Prejudice retelling. Mm-hmm. And the only, like, not toxic relationship. That is also true. That. Mm-hmm. God, everything, everyone else, it's just awful. It's so bad. Uh, Chuck introduces Darcy to Ben. Ben recognizes him, but doesn't know from where and he's weird about Darcy being a mechanic he they're like oh yeah he works for this company and they assume that he's some sort of executive because they're all executives and Darcy's like nah I'm a welder and they just sort of stare at him like I get okay here's the other thing the whole pride (laughs) and prejudice thing is that Darcy's classist right he has to unlearn his uh his internalized classism in order to be a better person and be worthy of Lizzie's love. Now that class swapped it, it's the Lizzie Exby's problem to be classist. I get it. But also, why is the class swap thing even a thing? If you're going to class swap it, just have Darcy still be the classist one and like make it so that he doesn't think that rich people can have depression or something. You know? (laughs) Like, I don't... That would be more interesting. Mm-hmm. This movie cla- doesn't want to try that hard. <laughs> no, the class swap thing does nothing. It does zero things. Like, it just looks like they cast it and then realized that the guy that they have as Darcy has light hair and the guy that they have as Lizzie has dark hair. And so they switched the names. Maybe. Yeah. All the classism does is make one awkward scene where the not twins but look like twins go <laughs> to flirt with Darcy and then realize that he's beneath them and then awkwardly like leave. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hate that scene so much. Yeah. Why are they why do these two characters exist? Get to rid of annoy them. us. Jane and Chuck get to know each other. Uh, they're very cute. Uh, He invites Jane and Ben on a hike, and Ben turns it down. And Jane is like, dude, you're supposed to be my wingman. Uh, And then Jane, like, convinces Ben to come on the hike. Kitty and Martha are annoyed at getting out, getting left out of the hike, and they think it's because of homophobia. (laughs) And so invite themselves on the hike, even though they don't want to go on the dang hike. (laughs) Yeah, why go on a hike if you hate hiking? Yeah. Also, they are, like, extremely personally offended that Bingley is straight. (laughs) Like, calm down. Why is that, like, a character flaw for him? He's just straight. It's not against you. That's how I felt about Stanley Tucci. (laughs) 
Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> but you're not annoying about it. They're annoying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, ben spots Darcy brooding, which is a sentence I'm gonna say a lot. Yeah. I this this is the this is the scene that Autumn hates, where Ben is just trying to have a conversation with Darcy, like he's like innocently trying to figure out where he remembers him from. Not reading Darcy's closed off body language even a little bit. I'm autistic, and I know that that man wanted to be left alone. <laughs> <laughs> and then Kitty and Martha invade the porch they're standing on, and are like, "Ew, a welder." Yeah. Th- Go away. You weren't invited to the conversation anyway. No. If you see two people, if you're at a party and you see two people hanging out by themselves on a back porch, they're probably flirting with each other. (laughs) (laughs) Or they're gossiping. Or they're gossiping. Either way, mind your business. Then Darcy, like, goes back into the party because he's been snubbed by Kitty and Martha and also he's uncomfortable <laughs> being around Ben and he, like, experiences a little bit of sensory overload and is like, I gotta get out of this party. And Chuck, number one bro Chuck, is like, okay, we will bounce. Yeah, Chuck's the best. Yeah, he's actively having a good time at this party. He likes spending time with Jane and Darcy, like, feels a little bit bad for taking him away from the party but Chuck is like, Let's go. You want to go? I said we would go if you wanted to go. Let's get out of here. The only good character, actually. <laughs> I like Darcy. I, I wish that he had more room to explore his tragic backstory and also a therapist. Uh, but I like uh, this character. Darcy has a lot of potential, but he's mm-hmm. made so one-dimensional. Yeah. yeah. Despite being a main character... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was no, like, development of his character at all. Uh, then Ben finally grows a brain cell and remembers meeting Darcy at court. And then we cut to the hike. And this is when I realized that they just replaced all of the parties with hikes. Um, also, why does no one have, like, athletic wear in this entire movie? <laughs> Everyone's yeah. wearing jeans. Yeah, They're all in jeans, weird. yeah. Now, I hike in jeans, but that's just because I'm a slob who doesn't have... <laughs> but they're they're doing like a really serious hike too. Mm-hmm. Like they have packs. Mm-hmm. This is an intense like adventure they are going on, not just like a little walk. Is Through it or are they just like city slickers who don't know how to hike? So they're like, mm, I'm gonna bring my backpack and just <laughs> my you know walking shoes. Chocolate either way. All oh, right, right. Chuck's whole whole deal. Is that he is nature boy. But like all the all the Bennets are related to Bennett's somehow characters. Um mm-hmm. presumably right, never. None hike. of them are Bennett's. None of them are there's the Bennett's simply do not exist in this film. Yeah. <laughs> it's fucked up. So many choices were made. Also Kathy is there. Kathy is salty because Darcy went to the party with Chuck without her. Girl leave. Girl, you don't have to be with this man. He's not stopping you. Also, she's on this hike now with almost all gay men. Mm-hmm. There's like one straight dude there, and she decides to start being homophobic. <laughs> yeah. Read the room. Um, we also get the like r- immediate resolution to the R. Ben and Jane dating conflict, and then Chuck is like, ahaha. Yeah, glad that was relevant. Yeah, because... <laughs> 
Because Ben is like, no, Jane and I aren't together, I'm gay. And then Kathy's like, you don't act gay. And then Ben does the thing that you should say whenever someone says, insert identity here, you don't act like that. You just go, how does insert identity here act? And they can't, <laughs> they can't say anything. Yeah. yeah. Is this also when, very sneakily, Ben Bennett takes a picture of Darcy? When he's like looking off into the distance. Mm-hmm. Wait, I don't remember that. <laughs> yeah. Well, it comes up later because he has the photo. And it was the first hike when he took the picture. Because oh obviously Darcy's looking amazing, brooding into the distance. What a creep. And he like takes a picture of him. Yeah, I feel like if you have a Pride and Prejudice adaptation where I'm actively not on the Lizzie XB's side, you've done it bad. Yeah. I don't like Ben Bennett here. He's a creep and a weirdo, and he has no tact. How are you a lawyer, and you don't yeah. know how to communicate with other human beings? Yeah, he's just kind of a jerk the entire time. Yeah. We're supposed to believe that Darcy overcomes his traumatic, internalized homophobia for him. Yeah. He's literally just a piece of cardboard. <laughs> Replace him with cardboard, and nothing changes. He's Be a little potato honestly. man. <laughs> Then Kathy says my favorite line in the whole movie. Which is, oh God! We had a gay at my job, and I treated him like he was normal. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was iconic and awful. Beautiful, uh, perfect, just amazing. <laughs> I like the idea of a gay Pride and Prejudice where Catherine de Bourgh is homophobic, but like making her the love interest isn't doesn't facilitate the good things that would come out of Catherine de Berg as homophobic in this one. Yeah. Also, the not-twin characters felt homophobic to me. I'm gonna be yes. honest. Like, yes. I, at one point, someone says, like, not all gays are flamboyant, and then they, like, mm-hmm. walk over the hill like they just heard their cue, and they have a oh, yeah. suitcase for this hike. Yeah. Why they do you have, have a suitcase? It's a rolling cooler. Because oh, okay. also the gays are drunks. <laughs> okay. okay. It just, it felt bad. They're aerosol and they don't want to be on this hike. <laughs> it's like, just stay home from the hike. The movie couldn't decide if they wanted to subvert the stereotypes or support them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like they are three-dimensional characters who happen to be flamboyant. Being flamboyant yeah. gays is their only personality trait, and there's two of them, and they're the worst characters in the film. Other than Kathy. Yeah. Yes, that's true. Kathy is worse than them. Yeah, I hate Kathy, but Kitty and Martha are annoying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And because they're fictional characters, that is the greater sin. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. Then we get Ben at work at the court again. George Wickham is here, and we're supposed to believe that this brick-headed man, that this potato man, sees this brick-headed man and is like, "Ooh, handsome." And so George Wickham apparently specializes in getting domestic abusers lesser sentences because he's here with like a 19-year-old kid who got drunk and broke his girlfriend's arm. And he has negotiated down from jail time to community service. George Wickham is evil. Like, we know that. He's George Wickham. 
But Ben Bennett knows that he's evil right away. The whole thing with George Wickham is that you don't know that he's a scoundrel at first. And so you trust him and Lydia goes off with him. And like it's only becomes an emergency later when you realize that George Wickham is awful. Also, Lydia's not in here. So Ben Bennett has to want to fuck George Wickham. And they have no chemistry. Yes. It's so forced. But he knows that George Wickham is in the business of getting bad people lesser sentences. But he doesn't care because he's like selfish here, right? He hasn't had character growth. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, and then they they talk about how that's Wickham's speciality. He's a big sleazeball and he's proud of it. (laughs) He's not even cute. (laughs) He's not even cute. Like, he's not that bad. He's a prick. Yeah. Square little man. He's also short. He's also what? He's short. Oh my god. <laughs> Shout out to short guys. You're not you're not George Wickham. <laughs> wow. But if you are George Wickham and you're also short, disgusting. <laughs> you're gonna be George Wickham. Have the grace to be tall. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> then we get a little little snippet of uh, Chuck and Darcy. They're fishing. They talk about Darcy's sobriety. Chuck is the only person who is sensitive about Darcy's addiction issues. Everyone yeah. else is either mean to him or interrogates him about it. That was a really cute scene. And I feel like that was one of the only actually nice scenes between any of the characters that like explored their relationships with anyone mm-hmm. this movie's Dar- so bad yeah <laughs> Dar- darcy is convinced that he's like secretly evil and has fooled everyone around him into being friends with him which is a mood and that could have been an interesting thing to further mm-hmm. explore mm-hmm. Yeah. that could have been his entire character arc instead of having this weird domestic abuse thing he could have just had normal depression yeah he could have just had normal depression and alcoholism and he's got this one friend who's like trying to take him to parties and on hikes to get him to feel better and introducing him to people and he meets ben bennett and he's like oh i don't know because i'm secretly evil i'm gonna accidentally manipulate you into being my boyfriend and everybody (laughs) has to be like darcy that's not a thing that can happen (laughs) That would have been a better movie. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast is going to make me write a screenplay. <laughs> Do it. Every time we watch one of these, I'm like, ooh, I could have done that so much better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not hard. No one knows how to write in these movies. <laughs> um, okay, so <laughs> then Ben tries to invite Wickham hiking the next morning, but Wickham has work. And then he can't stay the night because he can only sleep in his own bed. I'm doing air quotes. Can you hear them? (laughs) I don't understand why Ben didn't pick up on these red flags. Please. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be smart. If he don't let you see where he stay, that's because his wife is there. (laughs) Also, they keep like talking shit about their cases with each other. And I don't know that much about lawyer isms but that feels illegal legal legal says you're not supposed i guess the the case about darcy is closed so you can do that but also is uh, still a bad look 
Um, also, you ever ask your date about your other crush? Because <laughs> 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 that's just what Ben Ben is doing. It's really embarrassing. Also, Wickham approaches all of his domestic abuse clients like, yeah, this is a bad person, but I'm going to get him lesser charges. What? I feel like that's true of some defense lawyers. Yeah, yeah I mean, but if that's it your sucks. Job. I mean, yeah, but like, I'm not <laughs> judging Wickham for that specifically. Yeah. Uh-huh. It's just one, one more thing on the list of things that make George Wickham evil. One, <laughs> being George Wickham. Two, this. <laughs> Also, he's misogynistic about Tina being with Darcy still. You mean Kathy. Kathy. Fuck. Because <laughs> also in my notes, I have... He's misogynistic about be, about Kathy being with Darcy still. And also, it is revealed that Tina went to him and was like, I didn't actually hear him say, I'm going to kill you. Which is the thing that made it a felony and not a misdemeanor. If that happens in real life to a lawyer, as far as I understand it, I just watch a lot of Legal Eagle on YouTube. I'm not a law student. <laughs> if that happens, if you get a witness who, like, takes back their testimony or if you get new evidence that, like, either exonerates or condemns your client after the fact, even if the case is closed already, you have a legal obligation to bring that to the court. He's broken the law. He just confessed to breaking the law. And Ben Bennon is like, yeah, all right. That's also weird because that evidence helps his client. Yeah. Yeah. Do you not want to help your client? Is that not your job? His entire, his entire conviction hangs on the fact that Tina said that he threatened her, that he threatened Kathy. If that didn't happen, the case doesn't exist. This is your client, dog. Like, it makes more sense if he found evidence later that is bad for Mm -hmm. his client. He's like, ooh, gotta hide that because Mm -hmm. I want, you know, a good uh, sentence for my client. Mm -hmm. But no, it's helpful. And he still chooses to hide it. And I don't get that. That would still be illegal, but it would be understandable. This makes no sense. Yeah, he makes no sense as a character. It's fine. Whatever. Then uh, Ben goes hiking. He, like, goes on the hike he was planning anyway. Sans, George. Happens upon Darcy. They make eye contact, and Darcy is like, well, I gotta leave. I was having a lovely lean against this tree, having a nice break on my hike, but now Ben Bennett is here, and I should go. Why is there only one place these people hike to? It's just this one tree. Like, we just keep returning to, there are no other hikes that anyone ever goes on. It's thematic. It's stupid. It's foreshadowing. I really hate what, like... They just happen to meet in this field. No, go away. <laughs> the director saw this tree on a hike of his own and was like, oh my god, I'm gonna set a movie here. Absolutely, that's what happened. That's, that's all that happened. The only thought that took place in this entire film. Then they have a really weird, inexplicable conversation. <laughs> they have a lot of those. Ben says something and Darcy is like, so you're arrogant and you're gay. He didn't say anything particularly arrogant. What does that even mean? So you're arrogant and you're gay. Yeah. Like, just say you're homophobic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. He has been like a jackass, but he hasn't, I don't think he's been particular. I guess maybe, uh, like, he's been 
annoying about the welder thing, but in yeah. that moment, he didn't say anything about Darcy's job. Like, he I just mean, needed one more microaggression about him being a welder, and then I could understand it. Uh, no, I do, on like, if Darcy chooses to hold a grudge for the past, like, judgment he received for being mm-hmm. a welder... Mm-hmm. Good, you know what? I I support him. Like he's allowed to do that. I would yes. also hold a grudge for this thing. <laughs> yes. It's just weird that he like equates arrogance with gayness. Like they're the same <laughs> level of yeah. a crime. That's what internalized homophobia will do to you. It's just weird, and it sounds so awkward when he says it too. Like it doesn't fit in the conversation. Yeah. Also, we know that Darcy's actor is a good actor. He does a good job in other scenes. And so this conversation being weird and forced feels wrong. It feels like the director went in there and was like, hey, be worse. <laughs> yeah, this is the director's fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or else they like, just got this part of this, the, the script. What were you going to say, Lauren? Oh, I was just going to say, like, this could have been a great scene for them to kind of connect a little bit, since mm-hmm. we know that they're end up going to end up together. But it's just, like, weird. Like you said, forced. Then, then uh, Ben is like, yeah, I'm dating your old defense attorney. You had one drink, and then he refused to stay the night at your place. <laughs> okay, but, like, and one of my notes is that time doesn't exist in this movie, And it's partly because of this scene, because I guess we're supposed to believe that they've hung out more times and are now a thing. Yeah, but it's so We see no evidence of that, but like, that's the only thing that makes sense with this and with a later scene, to believe Uh that they have established a relationship somehow. I've written here, how are you a lawyer with your foot in your mouth like that? (laughs) (laughs) He has to be the worst lawyer. I don't understand. Yeah, we don't see him doing any law stuff until he does a bunch of, like, behind-the-scenes law things. We don't ever see him in court. They should have just, like, if they wanted him to have a fancy job, they should have made him a doctor or something, because then, Mm. I don't know, or a surgeon or something. Then you don't have to have people skills, because all of your (laughs) patients are already unconscious, and it's fine. (laughs) Yeah, and it's a big trope to have surgeons be accidentally jerks. <laughs> right, yeah. Doctor Strange does it. Uh, then, Jane and Chuck go hiking. Uh, it's established that Jane is not particularly a nature person, but she enjoys trees. She's like one of those people who would really love a screened-in deck, but wouldn't <laughs> necessarily like go on a hike every week. Yeah, I mean, to her credit, she's not, like, complaining or anything like the homophobic gay not-twins do. Yeah. She's on this hike because she knows that the guys that she likes really likes hiking. She's okay with nature. The only thing that she, like, complains about is that she's tired. Like, her feet hurt. They've been hiking all day. And, like, that's fair. I have a note here that the writers for this movie have never hiked in their lives. (laughs) No, not at all. I don't remember exactly why I wrote that down, but it's true. It's perfectly fine to take a break, especially if you're going to be out there for like eight hours. You should take a break. Yeah, why have, have they snack. not taken more breaks? Yeah, and Chuck should know this. He's a nature yeah, it, man. It, it, it does make him look kind of like an asshole that he's not realizing that Jane's like struggling. Mm-hmm. So that's weird. You should be taking frequent breaks. You should be having water and a protein bar. Yeah. 
he's like taking her to a fancy cave. Um, <laughs> it is a nice cave, but it's also just a cave. I mean, it's kind of cool if you're just on a hike and then you see a neat cave. Yeah, okay, but like out of context, hearing that this man takes this girl to a cave sounds like he's about to murder yeah. her. I'm gonna say. <laughs> like, that's a weird choice. No, instead, they bang in this cave. Yeah, that feels unsanitary. I don't know, but it's kind of in character. Is it in character? <laughs> I feel like, yeah. What? For, for this I, I wouldn't like Bingley. Bingley. <laughs> he's an outdoor person. It just makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I hope they brought a blanket then, I guess, in one of their uh, packs. There's lichen. Oh my god. There's actively lichen on these rocks. And also, it's not enclosed. It's just a rock outcropping. Oh my it's god, like... yeah, what if someone just walks? Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know. I bet you can see inside of it from 50 paces. Like, no. They don't even what turn do. a corner and get... No. Lauren. <laughs> you know what, Lauren, if you're you into take. that, I'm okay, high. I'm not going to shame you. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I've been here again. They should have just been lesbians. <laughs> that could have been a butch lesbian in a flannel. Yeah. I feel like that would have been the better, like, gay couple in yeah. this. They could have just had Darcy and Bennett, like, whatever, because... They're awful. But this was the only nice relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's homophobic. This movie's homophobic. Yeah. It's definitely, it definitely hates lesbians because the potential was so great and they just... They couldn't even write normal gay characters, so I don't even want to see what they would have done with some lesbians in there as well, you know? Yeah. <laughs> too was, much for yeah, them to handle. Too much. <laughs> I was going to ask, was this written... Or directed, like, do we know by a gay person? Or oh. it was written and directed by Byron Geisler, and I don't know. Okay. Do we know anything I mean, I guess about it this man? No, that... it matters. Okay. You I feel guys like normally talk yourselves, and I will do some research. Normally, bad um, gay movies are, especially ones that are like you see Trophy. they're written and directed by the same person. They're usually written and directed. I feel like by a straight person. No, by it a gay doesn't... guy. Oh, okay. Because it's like becomes a weird passion project. Yeah. And that's why they're bad because they get no funding and like no oh. one else wants to see full bio. Hmm. Does IMDb know <laughs> okay. anything about this man? Hmm. Nope. Are the other movies gay? They're He's two done... short films. But are they gay short films? Perhaps. If I type Byron Geisler gay into. Okay, this button sounds straight. Oh, that sounds so cute. What? But it sounds straight. Um, oh, both of these shorts were with the same person, this Alex Bice guy. Um, the other one doesn't have any information. Ooh, the other one he stars in. Okay. He's a corpse, dead though, guy. That's a dead guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He's, he makes a cameo as a corpse in, like, a murder mystery. That's weird. That... Which is fair. I feel like if you're directing a murder mystery and you want to <laughs> do like, a cameo as the corpse, yeah, go for yeah. it, man. Do it, yeah. But I I just want to know if they're gay or not. <laughs> okay, I'm getting no information. I found That's an fine. Interview. I found an interview. You guys keep talking. Talk about the plot. The next thing that happens is that uh, Ben is supposed to go on a trip with 
George Wickham. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, this is the big thing that to me made it feel like a lot of time had passed between that first like drink that they were weirdly pressured into having with each other. Because now they're going on like this long, what is it, an overnight trip? Is it like I thought it was supposed to be like a weekend getaway kind of thing. You don't go on weekend getaways with someone that like you just were like on a date with just once or twice. Yeah. It wasn't, like that's a, didn't even feel like a real date. They just like had a drink together and then yeah, went home. Yeah. So that's. No, I, I agree with that. I think this had been more of an established relationship by now. I wish we had any real like evidence of that though and didn't have to weirdly decide that for ourselves also the yeah. sound mixing is really bad in this movie and i wrote that note separate from everything else i don't know what scene specifically made me write that down probably an outdoor one. Oh, probably with that stupid tree <laughs> i hate that tree but in this movie i hate that one tree actually that's the real villain oh, um oh, all right i like that tree but okay <laughs> no it's just there for no reason anyway yeah the yeah. sound mixing is really really bad and we struggle sometimes hearing what they were saying yeah that is true i do remember that so thank God for subtitles. Um, yeah. You need them for this movie. But then this scene also, the, what do you call them? The twins or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> We're watching him pack for oh the weekend God. getaway, which <laughs> would make more sense if they were siblings, yeah. but they're just awkwardly like in his home. They, in, they invited themselves inside. Yeah. The front door was unlocked, I guess. So I've uh, skimmed this interview the way that this guy talks about gay people sounds like he exists outside of them, but there's nothing in, there's nothing conclusive. Also, he says that he loves Pride and Prejudice, the book. It doesn't show in your movie, dog. No. Yeah, no. Okay, that's offensive. You love Pride and Prejudice, and then, okay. I don't want to <laughs> you make shit fun on of it like his, this. his project. He put a lot of work into this. No, Lauren, we're no, here to podcast. shit on him. I feel this bad doing that. No, Lauren. <laughs> You gotta. This is why if we're he, here. If he's upset about it, we're at but is underscore gay on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, right. he knows how to contact I, us. We have some critiques. Professional critiques is what mm-hmm. I would say. No, I want to <laughs> shit on it. Because it's shit. <laughs> hey, uh, Byram Geisler, oh this movie is shit, and you should be ashamed. Uh, come at me. My personal Twitter is at autumnal underscore season. Come at me. Anyway, that that feels extra weird then that he like wrote and directed this if he's not gay himself. I don't know. Like, there's nothing wrong with that, but it like, feels there's weird. nothing. There's nothing conclusive. It's just the the way that he worded certain things. I was like, that's the thing a straight person says. This is just like the Love Simon controversy all over again. Would they like mm-hmm. force the writer to out herself? Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> so don't out yourself, but also maybe like privately on Twitter just to us. Can you out yourself? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, he's going then- on a weekend trip. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then Georgia boy calls him and is like, "Can't, I'm sick." Insert like a fake cough. Yeah, yeah. And Ben Bennett, bless his soul, is like, I'm gonna take him soup. Yeah, this was actually really sweet. Okay, but mm-hmm. I want to point out before we get to him bringing soup. Okay, this is presumably the day they were leaving for the trip. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he's weirdly waiting until the last minute to pack. Which I mean, that's something I would do. So like, I'm not gonna hate him for it, but. Wickham waits until the very last minute to yeah, cancel. Yeah, kind of rude. Mm-hmm. And knowing what we know later about the situation, what was Wickham's plan here? Mm-hmm. 
I don't understand. But anyway, let's get to the reveal, I guess, and I'll rant more. So yeah, he arrives in this neighborhood. It's very clearly a neighborhood where families live with children. He like watches <laughs> a mom walk her daughters across the street. And then he gets to George Wickham's house with his little paper bag full of soup and maybe He parks fish. way down the street. Wait, yeah. yeah, I had a problem with this. He's just like walking the neighborhood. Weirdly. <laughs> he parks like blocks away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why did he do that? <laughs> It, it didn't even look like the street was particularly parked up either. No. Yeah. Like, y'all can't find just, like, a shot of a parked up street <laughs> to show us. So now he, like, randomly parked in front of someone else's house, which yeah. could potentially freak those people out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're awkwardly, like, walking all Really, the way. really far. He, like, has to cross the main road, too. Yeah. Like, there's a stop sign and stuff. And it's passes. raining. Yeah. <laughs> It's Wait, raining. is it raining yet? Or He's does damp. that happen He's after? damp. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, the little kids that he watches are in their little rain jackets. Oh, right, right. This man's so weird. Ben is so weird. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he gets he gets to the house, and, uh-oh, two children come out of the house. That's weird. They say, Daddy, and then George Wickham comes out of the house. Uh-oh. If that was it, that'd be fine. If he's got kids that he didn't tell you... I, that's weird, but fine. Yeah. But then, it, this is wife Karen. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is her name actually Karen? Yes. That's, nice. wow, what a choice. Okay. <laughs> they didn't, I, what if they had named her Lydia? Oh, that would have been better. Yeah, that would have been so much better. That's what I'm saying. If you're not even going to make the Bennets related to each other, just name her Lydia. <laughs> Again, this feels like a first draft choice. It feels like they didn't think to do that the first time around. And like a second or third draft would have gotten there. So yeah, and Wickham is like going on a family trip instead of like hanging out with Ben. Mm-hmm. So he had planned this trip with his family and also planned this trip with Ben at the same time. Yeah. So I'm confused what his thought process was here. The only thing that makes sense is if it was a super last minute choice for the family to go on a trip. That's what I had assumed. But that seems weird to me. The age of these children suggests Mm -hmm. that you can't do that. Yeah. Yeah. You just can't do it. So maybe the writer, maybe Byram, also (laughs) has no idea how children work. Children or families. Uh, but yeah, he like introduces his wife and Ben Bennett, bless him, just blue screens. <laughs> absolutely shut down, yeah. staring at the two of them. And then he's like, I gotta go. And he walks through the rain back to his car on this empty street. I did like the rain, though. That was very uh, cinematic. Mm. It felt so on the nose, though. Oh, I liked it. Sometimes you need that, you know, a little bit of cheese. And like, it's weird he that he's parked... already damp. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he parked super far away so that we could get this really long walk back to the car in yeah. the rain. But it just doesn't, like, narratively make any sense for him to have parked so far away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This was the only scene that I actually, like, felt a little bit bad for Ben Bennett. Because I did not like him, did not care what happened to him. Like, the entire movie, I wasn't rooting for him. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but no one deserves that. Yeah. Uh, Then, an amount of time passes, and (laughs) Chuck has invited everyone to his cabin for the weekend. 
At first, I thought that this was, like, a vacation cabin that they have. Because, like, that's how you refer to... If you refer to something as his cabin, that's, like, a second home or something. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a fishing yeah. cabin, you know? Uh, but apparently, he just lives there full-time. Yeah, that was... This was a weird part. Mm-hmm. Also, wait, was it a weekend or was it just a day? I thought it was a weekend. I thought okay. it was a weekend. I don't okay, know. I don't know. I got some... A couple weird, like... Some of the conversations made it feel like it, it was less time than that. I don't know. Also, I was kind time of doesn't exist in this movie. We've established this. Right, yeah. It's it's super unclear exactly how long they're here and what exactly Chuck's situation with this cabin is. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't have running water. And, like, do you live full-time at this place that doesn't have running water? Like, if this was, like, a hunting cabin that you were at a few weekends a year the running water thing wouldn't be that much of a problem. But if this is your full-time place, dude, you gotta save up and get some pipes in. <laughs> yeah, I thought it did have running water, but it was just like the storm threw it out or something. I don't remember. Yeah, I think he did was say just like, he normally does. Okay. Um, okay. But this super last-minute uh, storm happened yeah. and, like, messed some stuff up. So then oh. the not-twins were, like, super upset about it when it's not Chuck's fault because it just happened. Yeah. So it wasn't that yeah. bad. <laughs> he invited them there thinking there would be water. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that would be really rude of him if he invited all these people to a place without running water and yeah. didn't even tell them that there wasn't running water. Mm-hmm. It was still pretty rustic, though, for all those, like, hoity-toity people. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah. They, they were dying. Jane likes it, though. She's excited about the view from the deck. She likes the lake. She's into it. Again, yeah. she's a real screened-in porch kind of person, but she likes <laughs> nature. That's important. That's uh, Chuck's only real personality trait is that he's yeah. nice and likes nature. No, he has two, yes, he has two <laughs> personality traits. Loves nature, good friend. Well, yeah. where do you need a man, though? You know? <laughs> I mean, I guess. Uh, then... Then Ben finds Darcy brooding. <laughs> yeah, they chat for literally no reason. I don't understand why they need to seek each other out in this moment. It felt really forced. Yeah. Ben approaches him and Darcy bolts. He runs away. Dude, I'm autistic and I know that this man doesn't want to talk to you. And I don't blame him. Yeah, Ben has done nothing to endear himself to Darcy and everything to make himself look like an inconsiderate jackass. And then he just starts interrogating him about the domestic abuse thing. Like, dog, you just met this guy. He has no idea how to have a conversation. It's so uncomfortable. Yeah. This is where we get the reveal that Darcy has essentially been gaslit into thinking that he did hit his girlfriend when he definitely didn't. Is this also where Ben, like, steals his journal? Yeah, he left it on the bench by the lake. And George, and not George, and then, <laughs> and then Ben was like, ooh. Just reads other people's stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That made me really, really angry. Yeah, he, like, kept it for a long time before mm-hmm. he gave it back, which is, that's just creepy. Yeah. That's not something you do. And, like, they're not even friends. It's not even like they have any sort of relationship where yeah. maybe that could be okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darcy doesn't want to talk about this stuff because uh, the court case ruined his life. He like can't leave the state because he's a felon now and he had a job lined up in Atlanta and they're in Virginia and he had to turn the job down and him and Kathy still hate each other. Uh, <laughs> Kathy will not leave. Yeah. 
And then Darcy feels like he can't leave the relationship because, again, he's been gaslit into thinking thinking of himself as an abuser. And also, he has really bad self-worth, self-worth issues. Please, a therapist. Why doesn't he have a court-mandated therapist? Like, he's in AA, but AA is not yeah. therapy. That's true. Hmm. I guess, I guess they thought AA was enough. George Wickham is a bad attorney. A good attorney would have gotten him court-appointed a therapy. Well, yeah, Wickham's a terrible person. We, we've been new. Darcy gets, like, summoned away from this conversation by Kathy. She then insists that Darcy is not allowed to grill. Like, Darcy's, like, poking some hot dogs on the grill, and Kathy's like, you better give that to me. What does that mean? Kathy's really annoying. I think it's supposed to show that she's a control freak. I don't know. I guess. I just, I want to Lee Dar- put Lee Darcy in my pocket and keep him safe. That is my takeaway from this movie. Uh, yeah, then Ben finds the journal, snoops around at it, snoops around in it, doesn't give it back. If you find somebody's stuff because they left it by the lake because they ran away from you when they saw you, just give it back to them right away, nerd. Ben's the worst, actually. <laughs> yeah, this would be so bad. <laughs> and then Kathy's homophobic again. Yes. I really hated that scene. She asks why gay relationships never last very long, and also why gay people insist on having sex in public. Yeah. What is her experience with gay people, A? And B, why are you saying this to, like, a circle full of gay people who are going to be offended? Yeah. Uh, Also, before that happens, Chuck insists that Darcy bless their meal and Darcy just launches into the serenity prayer which if you don't know is a thing that AA does like either at the beginning or the or the end of meetings um and it feels like a trauma response it feels like he's been asked to pray and his brain just goes serenity prayer yeah that was hilarious but I didn't know that that was like an AA thing and that would have been a really good tie-in had they shown him like in an AA meeting yeah yeah also we literally never get get him in a movie even though like being in recovery is a big part of his status quo as a character we never see him in the circle of chairs yeah this movie's stupid this movie's so stupid uh, but then Kathy's homophobic, and either Kitty or Martha gets a monologue about how straight people also have sex in public. <laughs> Why is this conversation happening? None of them have sex in public. Except Chuck and Jane. Chuck and Jane have sex in a cave. And that's it's the not only... really public. Yeah, I, I yes, would consider that like semi-public at best because no one is around. So is having sex in like the thing that Kathy says is a truck stop bathroom. And if a cave is semi-public, then so is a truck stop bathroom. At least you can lock a truck stop bathroom or you can like do it against the door. <laughs> like, yeah. cave's just a cave. Was that like supposed to be like a, I don't know, like... Throwing it back to Darcy's dad. Oh my god! Like in that first scene. <gasps> oh. Would Kathy oh. know that? See, the problem is the movie doesn't tell us why we're having this conversation. Yes. So it feels <laughs> out Kathy's of place homophobic. and useless. Right. Other than yeah. like to show Kathy being weirdly homophobic. But we know Kathy's homophobic like, already. Right. We, we don't need more of it. Yeah. Um, what else? <laughs> oh, I also wrote for that conversation. 
Why has Kathy never had any training to handle social situations? <laughs> <laughs> then we also get, um, oh, the reason that Kathy says, why do gay relationships never last very long is that Jane is like, oh, what happened with George? Are you okay? To Ben. And then Kitty and Martha are like, it turns out that George had a wife and children. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Darcy's response to finding that out is to turn to Ben and be like, glad you got out of there, buddy. Yeah. Good guy, Lee yeah. Darcy. And Kathy has to be a bitch. Yeah. This movie hates women. <laughs> it really does. Yeah. Like, make Kathy the villain. Okay, cool, great. Put more women in there. Like, Jane is there, but she doesn't... Her only character arc revolves around a man. Yeah. It's really sad. Make them all lesbians, and then Kathy can be the villain. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, and then it's fine. And then it also would make more sense, I feel like, for Kathy to be so homophobic, because it's more likely, I think, for straight women to be uncomfortable around lesbians than gay men anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, then when Darcy and Kathy are leaving, I guess maybe this was just the afternoon, because, like, everybody's leaving. I don't know. Darcy yeah. and Kathy are leaving. Yeah. Or maybe, like, the Bennets, the not-Bennets, the, like, not-Bennet clan are staying at the cabin, but Ben and Bert, uh, Darcy and Kathy are leaving. I don't know. But we don't know. It's so unclear. Time doesn't matter. Yeah. Ben and Darcy have a completely unearned, like, bonding moment. Like, their relationship has been, like, swinging between hostile and prickly before this. Yeah. And then Kathy doesn't like the way they are standing next to each other. Oh my god, they literally speak near each other and she gets angry. Why does Kathy exist? Because she knows that Ben is hot for Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> but like they don't even, they don't really give those signals. Again, they, yeah, don't, they don't really have any chemistry. Yeah. They're not making Ben's homosexual gay. eye contact in this scene. They make a lot of homosexual eye contact in this movie, but not here. Yeah. Then an amount of time passes. <laughs> <laughs> Ben and Jane are hanging out in this liquor store that I guess Jane owns and operates. Um, Yeah. But it's like there's no customers in it right now, and so Ben is convinced that it's going to fail. And Jane's like, no, it's fine, because that's how stores work. Sometimes you go into a store and no one's in there. Yeah. And it's it's nice. You can shop. (laughs) This conversation really felt inorganic. I hated this whole conversation. Also... Also, it's a further role reversal for Lizzie and Darcy, right? Mm -hmm. Because originally, Darcy talks Bingley out of being with Jane because he has a bunch of classism that he hasn't worked out yet, right? But now Lizzie is talking to Jane about how he has a bunch of classism and he doesn't think that Chuck will make anything of himself because he runs a charity and his house sometimes doesn't have running water and i don't understand why why like this choice isn't serving the narrative yeah i don't know i like i just had a lot of problems with this conversation because the amount that they that the lizzie bennett character ben bennett was saying that chuck made was like nine thousand dollars a year 12. And that's just extremely low. Like, mm-hmm. how could you live on that, even if you're living in a tiny cabin? Mm-hmm. But then also, 
like he's going on about like Jane will have to support Chuck. Well, one, if he could live on nine thousand dollars of, she's a successful business owner. Exactly. Like maybe this she wants store to support. Looks really great, and it's not just a liquor store. It's got like nice wines and like yeah. you know spirits and stuff, but then also like snacks and baked goods. It looks like she's got an expansive market going. Like I don't understand. Yeah, how much uh, can this Chuck be buying? He has, like, two shirts. He's not going to be an expensive man to, like, help support, you know? And what's wrong with Jen- Jane being the breadwinner anyway? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because Ben Bennett is misogynistic, that's what. Yeah, right, right. he's misogynistic and classist, and he dumps all of that into Jane, and because Jane is impressionable, she's like, oh, yeah, yeah I guess Jane I has none up. of her own thoughts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ben says this, and she's like, oh, I must uh, dump Chuck now, I guess. Yeah. No thoughts of her own. They are actively in love. They are then, in love. Yeah. yeah, and then later when when um, that's undone, they're like, oh, actually, it's fine. She's like, oh, I guess it's fine. And they get back together. What? Yeah, Girl, you have your own thoughts. <laughs> then Ben like goes through Darcy's recovery journal. This is a specific kind of journal that you get in some kinds of recovery programs. I don't like it gets handed to you. I don't know if AA does these specifically, but it's got like blank pages for you to write down your thoughts, but also affirmations and sentences you're supposed to complete. And so the specific one that we see is something like, I am a worthwhile person because, or I am worthwhile. And then you're supposed to like sign your name on it and promise yourself that you'll remember that. But Darcy, because he doesn't have a dang therapist and, <laughs> like, has all this internalized self-loathing, has, like, written in it that he's not worth anything. And, like, in the little blank, he's like, I am worthless. And, like, oh, man. <laughs> um, and so Ben, like, writes over it in red pen that he is worthwhile. Which, okay, that sentiment, isolated by itself, I think could work in a better movie about addiction. Yeah. Like, if this was Dar- if this was Chuck doing this, if Chuck had, like, happened upon this page of this journal and was like, no, my bro, and, like, wrote that in there and maybe did a little note about how much he loves him because they're best friends, that would have been good. But here, it's just a violation of privacy. Yeah, I was really upset at how he just invaded his privacy like that. Yeah. And it's, mm-hmm. like you said, it's supposed to be a really nice, like heartwarming moment but instead i was just really really angry on darcy's behalf it is creepy darcy should uh, be allowed to have this safe space to express his self-loathing then talk to his therapist about yeah yeah like is him just or is bennett just writing over it gonna fix darcy like that's nice but that doesn't do anything if he still feels that way yeah Mm -hmm. you've met twice dog (laughs) uh then he like goes to put it he's like put it in a mailer envelope but then just walks it to darcy's mailbox that's suspicious if you get a package with no postmarks on it don't open it and maybe call the police (laughs) yeah (laughs) that's a good point yeah uh darcy darcy's there because that's his mailbox (laughs) he's like what you doing buddy and ben's like i didn't i found your journal but i didn't read it i read it a little bit nothing bad just the personal (laughs) stuff it's a journal it's all personal yeah that was awkward and hard to watch 
It really was. I'm pretty sure we paused it to just, like, take a minute. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then Darcy invites Ben hiking. Why? Yeah. What is his motivation? He's just a creep who's been nothing but creepy. (laughs) Yeah. Yet that was not earned. I did not believe that he would want to voluntarily spend time with this man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just all forced. Uh, then they do go hiking. They take a little sit on a rock because you're supposed to take frequent rests when you hike. <laughs> and Ben interrogates him about drinking again. And then just monologues about his own alcoholic father and how he was abusive. And I don't yeah. think... That that would be helpful to your friend who is struggling with addiction. Yeah, first of all, what, these two strangers go hiking and the first thing this man says is, when did you start drinking? Like, that's supposed to be a way to endear them to each other. That's not how conversations work. Yeah. And secondly, like you said, why are you now making this about yourself? And you know, you read the dang journal, you know that he has self-loathing issues, and you go, the only other alcoholic in my life was a bad person. Dog! idiots yeah like again it could have been a nice like moment where they connect had they already connected a little bit before but they don't have that kind of relationship and it's just like flat yeah then we get more about like darcy's internalized homophobia ben is like why do you drink and darcy's like to starve out the parts of me i don't like and like he's talking about the gay thoughts (laughs) (laughs) Wish we actually explored that at all. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Also, he does a very gay thing, which is that he shows his date a cool rock. (laughs) (laughs) Ben takes that rock home. It will be important later. (laughs) Then they're done with their hike. Ben invites him to lunch. Darcy says yes initially, but then once they get to the diner, Darcy's like, actually, no, I gotta go. And he goes to a liquor store because we know that his trauma response to having gay thoughts is to take a drink. He like goes to the liquor store. This scene is scary. Like genuinely, it's very bad to watch. Yeah. He goes in and he like looks at the beer cooler and he agonizes for a second and then he bolts out of there, which like good for you, good job. Uh, but also, ah! <laughs> I wrote down growth question <laughs> mark. I think it was supposed to be a pivotal moment, but. Mm. Mm-hmm. It felt bad, though. Yeah. Then he's at Meals on Wheels headquarters. Uh, Chuck isn't there to make their rounds, so he like goes to the cabin, uh, and Chuck is sad because Jane broke up with him, and we don't see the breakup scene because Jane can't have too much agency in this <laughs> film. <laughs> I'm okay with not seeing the breakup scene, actually. I guess. Because then it, because this is supposed to be like from Ben and Darcy's perspectives mm-hmm. anyway. Mm-hmm. So we That's just fair. get like secondhand information about it. And then we, yes. we see Darcy like try to find out more about it later. But then as soon as we find out about the breakup and how Chuck is sad about it, we see Jane hiking sadly. <laughs> that was a weird scene. She's on a little nature walk. And she sees a happy couple and has a breakdown, which is also a mood. <laughs> Shut up. Thank <laughs> God. You can't tell me what to do. <laughs> Lauren, you were saying things about this scene. Oh, yeah, no, I just did not like this scene. I just thought it was weird. Like we said, it's everything's through the point of view of, like, Darcy and Bennett, but then it was just, like, 
her weird sadly walking like okay the tone was weird too yeah like the tonal shift of it they could have just cut that out and it would have been fine yeah we don't need it because we see her like visiting ben in like the next scene and being sad there yeah Mm -hmm. so we could have just had that and it would have been fine Mm-hmm. Then Darcy visits Ben's law office with the intention of like talking to him about the whole Jane Chuck thing because in his head, Ben is Jane's best friend. I am Chuck's best friend. They broke up and that doesn't make sense. So we as the best friends should talk and maybe come up with a plan to get them back together or at least get them to have another conversation, which is a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice friend. Yeah. Uh, Unfortunately, (laughs) Ben is here talking to Jane, uh, and he's like, I'm glad that you broke up with Chuck. That was a good idea. He's poor. (laughs) 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 Then Darcy overhears this and is like, you're a jackass. I hate you. Calls him a slur and leaves. (laughs) That was such an escalation. Yeah. Yes. For no reason. Like, you have every right to be angry at him, but, like, why are we taking it? Yeah, I mean, the reason, yeah. the reason is he has just had a very big moment of gay thoughts make, uh, make <laughs> okay. drama. But I, also, I guess why? I in a better the movie, movie explored that enough. Yes! In a better movie, this is what the movie's about. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I didn't... I shouldn't have to think that hard about, like, why this is happening. It should have been made clear to me. Uh, what, what next? What could possibly be next? Then Ben, okay, then Ben does a bunch of Darcy stuff. Then Ben does the thing that Darcy does in, yeah. the, in the book. Yeah, and part, this is partly why it was really confusing for me to figure out who was supposed to be Lizzie and who was supposed to be yeah. Darcy, because half the time it feels like they're switching roles mm-hmm. like why make it an adaptation i guess you didn't have to like buy the license because it's in the public domain but like why make it an adaptation at all or a reimagining at all if you're just gonna take every single element and change it yeah yeah it's no longer an adaptation it it really isn't no it's just, it's just like names it's just yeah if a movie with bad named, names <laughs> if they were named differently then you wouldn't notice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ben goes to the county clerk's office, I guess, like gets Darcy's file. That felt weird to me too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it's fine, right? Because the case is closed. I don't know. Yeah. I still felt weird about him just like reading mm-hmm. through someone else's files like this. I, I believe that it is legal for him to do this. Still a little sus. Yeah. yeah. Goes to see Tina. I have re- I've written here Tina, that lying liner. <laughs> Tina's uh, back for her second scene. <laughs> uh, she, okay, then we learn she didn't actually see him push her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She committed perjury. But she did try to fix it. Yes. Yeah. That's important. Wickham ignored her, but because Wickham ignored her, then she is in less trouble for the whole perjury thing. Because he had the legal obligation to not ignore her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then he goes to Mr. Collins with this new information. And Mr. Collins hates George Wickham. And so they hatch a scheme where Ben, <laughs> ben goes to Wickham. And Wickham is like, please forgive me for cheating on my wife with you. And Ben is like, shut up. I'm here to talk about the law. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's exactly how that scene goes yeah. down, actually. Yeah. <laughs> ben wants him to file a thing called a writ of actual innocence, which is the thing that he should have done upon realizing that his key witness, the key witness for <laughs> his client being charged, yeah. like just took so back weird. her testimony. This movie's just down on defense attorneys, I guess. like if he was the prosecutor this would make way more sense he's just a corrupt prosecutor but now he's just a stupid defense attorney who's damaging his own reputation mr collins has offered because he's the attorney general he gets to offer tina immunity if she goes on the stand again and is like yes i committed perjury but also i (laughs) told this lawyer that i committed perjury and he didn't do anything about it uh and then and then ben is like and i'm gonna report you to the bar and so much happens in this like 15 second sequence yeah then ben goes to jane and is like look i was a classist piece of shit about your boyfriend Please don't run away from the man that you literally are in love with because of things that I said. And Jane is like, you, you're you right. I shouldn't have listened to you. You're stupid. And then Darcy wants to take Chuck on a hike because that's what they do in this movie to heal his broken heart. And Jane arrives and Chuck is happy to see her. And she's like, look, I, ha- I got some bad advice. Can we do this thing over? And then they kiss and they should have been lesbians. <laughs> I love how Jane's like, you're right, Ben. I shouldn't have listened to you. I'm going to listen to you. (laughs) And it's just, Jane is, she could have been great, but actually she's terrible. Because she's not a person. She just does whatever Ben tells her. Yeah. Yeah. She's not a person. She's a woman in this movie. (laughs) Yeah. Then Darcy receives the notice that his case is being opened again. And Kathy's very annoyed. Which is weird. Like your live-in boyfriend? Yeah, you're okay. you're upset at the idea of him being like cleared of these false charges. That made it feel like the whole thing was uh, something she set up to control him or something. Yeah, yeah. because like she could have said, "Okay, he didn't push me, nor threatened to kill me." Yeah, but she right. Didn't. Why didn't she do those things? She claims that she doesn't remember, and I don't think that we get any evidence that she's faking not remembering, except mm-hmm. that she's very annoyed that he might get exonerated. That's yeah, suspicious that's to me. It, it truly doesn't make... The only thing that makes sense um, is maybe she somehow knows Ben was involved and like doesn't like the idea of Ben and Darcy interacting. Yeah. Maybe. Except Ben's not like yeah. involved. It's Wickham. Yeah, so Ben is not either of the attorneys, and he's like doing this behind the scenes stuff. But when you do that behind the scenes stuff, your name doesn't go on these specific documents. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah, I feel like it would have been a much more compelling part of the movie if it wasn't like a domestic violence case, if it was mm-hmm. more like I don't know, he was like taking the fall for something at his company or something like that. That would have mm-hmm. made sense mm-hmm. why people were lying. Yeah. Yeah. What does Kathy gain from him being charged with this? Having a boyfriend who doesn't like her. <laughs> yeah. Like he does. He he doesn't like being around her. Is only there out of obligation and because he has internalized homophobia. She actively doesn't enjoy spending time with him. She literally never smiles or looks happy. And like. There's nothing keeping her in this relationship. I cannot stress this enough. Yeah. (laughs) 
It's not even that, like, oh, it's his apartment or something. He's poor. That's his whole thing. We don't know what she does for a living. We know literally nothing about her. Yeah. Except that she's a jackass. Yeah. (laughs) Darcy, uh, okay, so then we get the courtroom scene. Darcy doesn't understand what's happening because I guess his attorney didn't explain what was going on. But then he's like, oh, I've been exonerated. Thank you, my lawyer, George Wickham. And George Wickham is like, don't thank me. Thank Ben. He's in love with you. (laughs) Get a hobby. Besides, get a hobby other than cheating on your wife. Yeah. Then, then we get Ben looking sadly at that piece of granite that Darcy pointed out to him on their hike. Yes. <laughs> and then Kitty and Martha are here to make him feel bad. And then Darcy waits outside of Ben's office to, like, thank him properly. He apologizes for dropping the F slur. And then he's like, now that I don't have a record anymore, I can move across state lines, which means that I can go for that job in Atlanta. And Ben is sad about that because that means that they can't make out. But he doesn't say anything (laughs) because he's trying to be mature. (laughs) Yeah, finally. The only, like, time that he's kind of nice. Mm Mm-hmm. Growth? Question mark. (laughs) Then, Kathy's here to be homophobic. Kathy. (laughs) This movie presented us with, ostensibly, a domestic violence victim. And made her the least sympathetic character in the movie. Yeah. And I think that that is an act of evil. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they did a good job at making her evil, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not its not actually a domestic violence situation, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, if anything, she's the one committing acts of domestic violence against yeah. her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. So... She did actively abuse him in that scene. <laughs> and just in general, she's, like, very emotionally abusive towards him. Yeah, that is mm-hmm. true. And then lets him think he hit her when he didn't. Yeah, that was awful. But we can, at least for that, give her the benefit of the doubt that maybe she truly didn't remember. Yeah, I guess. I'm willing to let that specific thing go, but there's enough else here that I can still hate her comfortably. Yeah. The fact that it's so ambiguous is real bad. This is one of those things that shouldn't be ambiguous movie. Yeah. I've written here, you don't even like him, girl, leave. <laughs> right. The whole, she visits Ben at work. First of all, he's at work. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, that's embarrassing. Um, and just to yell at him for stealing her boyfriend. Yeah, like, no one's turning your boyfriend gay, honey. Yeah, I don't get it. She doesn't even like him, so why would you care? And we don't even know why she's doing this, because we missed a scene. Well, I really wish we Darcy got broke scene. up with her. Right, but we don't get that scene. But it is revealed here that Darcy broke up with her. And, like, yes, you're right, we should have gotten that scene. But Darcy broke up with her. I guess time has passed, right? Like, he goes into the building and time has passed. <laughs> because Darcy had time to break up with her and not take the job from Atla- a job in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So Kathy is like, you brainwashed him into being gay. And AA is brainwashing him into thinking he's worth something as a person. Ooh. Yeah, she really rough. she really does basically say that. Yeah, what yeah. a terrible person. Yeah. Uh, also, he she call she's like, 
you're wasting your time trying to brainwash my boyfriend because he's mask and you're not. They are the same level of gender presentation. Like, yeah. Bennett doesn't even wear pink ties. <laughs> what are you doing? That felt like they meant to cast someone else for Ben. Mm. That's what that felt like to me. My favorite thing in this whole scene, and perhaps it is my favorite thing in the whole movie, honestly, is that she gets done with this whole monologue about how you're brainwashing my boyfriend into thinking he has feelings for you and he dropped the job and AA is evil and you're a piece of shit and you're a sissy and I hate you. And then Ben just goes, he said he has feelings for me? <laughs> I hate this movie. Yeah, that was a funny part. No, no, it wasn't. No, oh, that God. was good. That was no. the one good line. Yeah, that was only good. Yeah. No, God, I'm also like reeling because she drops like 50 slurs in this scene. <laughs> also, that yeah. <laughs> so I'm just feeling like yeah. hate crimes indirectly. <laughs> but Ben is like all moon eyed and he blinks and is like, he said he likes me. Did he say that? Did he like? No, no. He said worst character. Did he say that I'm cute? (laughs) Uh, Then that scene ends, and they run into each other on the hike, Ben and Darcy. And like, this is where we get the thing from the opening sequence. This is the tree that Autumn hates, and Ben Ben is like, "Why did you take that Atlanta job?" Darcy's like, "I don't know, man. My eyes are really green." green at the scene it's like golden hour they they got the timing filming the scene really well because it's golden hour and the sun is shining exactly correctly to make this actor's eyes the color of like glass coke bottles (laughs) and then ben is like your ex is a weirdo and then darcy's like yeah i'm glad i'm not in that relationship anymore and ben's like hey man you like me and darcy's like no i have internalized homophobia and trauma and ben's like i love you it's been six months oh my god i forgot about the i love you okay not bad darcy is being actively homophobic to him right now like i cannot express enough that he is being an absolutely terrible person towards ben in every possible way he's lashing out because of his trauma but he is being a bad person he's no i'm not excusing i'm explaining Yeah, yeah yeah you're right and Ben just says, I love you to that. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like, no, my drama. Okay, I'm a person who says I love you way too quickly in every single relationship I've ever had. But I hung out with those people more than twice. <laughs> yeah, like, what is there to love? You don't even know him. I also hope, how <laughs> in none of those situations, the person was being actively homophobic to you at the time. <laughs> Maddie and I were talking about this the other day and we concluded that my type unfortunately is tall people who are a little bit mean to me so maybe (laughs) (laughs) no not like this not like this (laughs) I just he's he's being Mm -hmm. so hateful yeah also this movie makes me hate the piano (laughs) 
the piano is played so aggressively and so long. And actually, I do hate the piano now. That's my trauma response to having to watch this movie. I'm sorry to anyone out there that likes the piano. (laughs) But you're wrong. Um, And then Darcy's like, I'm not like you. Because he has not worked through any of his trauma or internalized homophobia even a little bit. And he walks away. And that could have been an end to the film. It should have been. It should have been. But instead, we get Darcy looking sad and contemplating really hard turning back. He does like a couple of fake turns like three times. He like shifts his shoulders and then he stops walking. He turns around really slowly and he walks back and he's like, hey, and Ben kisses him. And I don't know if he's ready for that yet, man. Yeah, it just seemed very like uncomfortable and out of the blue, like, Darcy is not ready for this at all. And Ben just goes for it and starts making out with him. Yeah, it's not a kiss. It's, he yeah. aggressively eats his face. Yeah. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> a truly terrible film. Why, and I said before we started recording that it reminded me of what happens next. Because <laughs> that movie also ended with a very homophobic man mm. uh, aggressively making out with another yeah. dude. And I yeah. don't get why this is a thing that is happening. Like, I wasn't rooting for the, the end couple. Like, I don't know. Yeah, like, Darcy had no character growth. Mm-hmm. They have Ew. no chemistry. They're really, this is a really toxic relationship. Yeah, yeah Darcy needs therapy. I ship Darcy with therapy and yeah. yes no he needs to be like his he was in this really toxic relationship with Kathy for a really for long real. time yeah. and Until I don't know how much time ago. has passed yeah time as we establish is fake but like he needs to be alone for a little bit to love himself yeah mm-hmm. final thoughts <laughs> I have no other thoughts I hate this movie why are you falling in love with homophobic people? Yeah. That's disgusting. Also, this has nothing to do with Pride and Prejudice as mm-hmm. we start trying to watch this movie and like tying it to Pride and Prejudice makes it more difficult to follow along. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which is not what should be happening. No, it's very yeah. distracting because you're trying to like figure it out while trying to understand what's actually going on. So no- none of it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Lauren, do you have any other thoughts? Um, I love the scenery. Uh, that had Lord been, that's it. Um, I think it was like a good concept. It could have been very interesting. A uh, little bit fell short on a few of the plot lines there. Um, I don't want to be too mean because it deserves it, it though. Put, they clearly put a lot of work into it. Mm. Um, yeah, just some some choices I would not have made. <laughs> Choices were certainly made. Yes, yes, that's my that's my thought. Movie bad. Don't watch it. Yeah. Definitely don't recommend to anyone. Mm -mm. You can find the show at but is it underscore gay. Our theme music is thanks to Enoff E N O F F on uh on Instagram. uh, Lauren, you got something to plug? I do not. Good for you. Stay off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Autumn, where are you on the, on the internet? Uh, I'm on Twitter at autumnal underscore season. Hell yeah. Uh, is that everything that we say? I, 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 stay gay. Stay everybody. gay. <laughs> <laughs>